What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could have been. <laughs> this is Speaking of Murders. back everybody to another episode of speaking of murders and welcome to all you new listeners before we get started on today's episode a little bit of business we have two other shows speaking of missing persons and speaking of hauntings if you like this make sure you're going to check those out if you want to see photos associated with today's episode make sure you're checking out our socials those are linked in the show and episode descriptions we got facebook we got instagram we're posting pictures up there um if you want to hear more stories than what you're getting here make sure you're subscribing to our patreon we're putting bonus episodes up there every other weekend so don't miss out on that and uh don't forget to leave a review wherever you're listening leave us five stars leave a review share it with your friends your family whoever it helps us get out to more people and go farther up the charts one last thing if you have a case that you want to hear on the show send that over to our email missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com so shauna Tell us about some murders. I will. Murders, plural. Yes, let's do that. All right. So I'm going to talk about a a woman named Belle Gunness. Okay. And I'm going to just give you guys a heads up. If I pronounce names wrong, don't come for me. We're used to it. Yeah, I hope they are too. <laughs> so Belle Gunness originally had started as Bella Paulstatter. And was born November 11th, 1859 in Selby, Norway. Okay. Is Wait, is the whole thing in Norway? The whole story? No, I wish. I was going to say, no, you don't wish. If you have a hard time pronouncing things. Well, that's why I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing some things is because this revolves around a lot of people from Norway. So their names get a little dicey here and there. Gotcha. Her parents were Paul and Burdett. Paul Statter. It's literally spelled Burr-it. Burr-it. Okay. Bella was the youngest of her eight siblings. In nine... Oh, my. In 1874, she was confirmed at the Evangelic... Nope. Evangelical? There you go. Lutheran Church. <laughs> Wait a second. Who are we talking about? She like Okay, so we're talking about a woman named... Belle. Okay. She was originally born Bella. All right. But you in the beginning said that she was born 1959? No, I said 1859. If I didn't, I meant to. She this, w- she no, almost said. she almost said 19, but then she said uh 18. 18. Oh. Okay. So she was born in 1859. When she was 14, she was working on neighboring farms for money. She wanted to get to New York. On the farms, she was herding and milking cattle. By 1881, she had moved to the United States. As she was processed by immigration, she had changed her name from Bella to Belle. 
Okay, that makes sense. Actually, my grandmother did that too. She wasn't born Betty. She was Betsy, but she changed it because... Our grandmother changed her name also, but not because of immigration-ish things. Well, no, they gave my grandma hell growing up and all that. They said, Betsy's a cow's name. Why are you named after a cow? So when she moved to the States, she changed it to Betty. That's rude as hell. That is rude as hell. rude as hell. Mm -hmm. Well, our grandmother was given a very unique name at birth and decided when she was old enough that she didn't like it and changed it. Like her birth name was Nicey. And then she changed it to Juanita. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, when you have 21 siblings, I'm sure your mom runs out of name ideas. I would have just all started calling them all Bob. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had unfortunate lives. Uh, do you remember? Did y'all ever see the one where the uh, kindergarten school teacher kept calling the one kid Dallison, and he never responded? And at the end of the day, the teacher asked the mom, "Like, is he have a hearing impairment, or am I pronouncing it wrong? His name's Dallison, right?" And she said, "No, it's the last one." I ain't having no more. <laughs> <laughs> the last one. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, they just have numbers as names. <laughs> yep. George 1, George 2. <laughs> no, That's they're, a thing. they're all George Foreman. There's <laughs> <no> <laughs> <numbers>. <laughs> I know. Which would get so confusing, but even his daughters, which is weird. They were all George, <laughs> every single one of them. Seriously? His daughters yeah. were George? Yeah. Yes. Every single one of his children's name is George. Okay. So she changed her name from Bella to Belle when she came to the States. She did. When, uh, so she came here because her sister Nellie had immigrated years prior to this. So when she got here, she met up with Nellie in Chicago. Uh, Nellie's from St. Louis. <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. He mm. is. Met him. I wish I would have met him. He's still alive, you know. I Yeah, but I don't think I'm ever going to get the chance to meet him. I'm pretty sure he still lives in St. Louis, doesn't he? No. Well, then. No, his ho- his old house is for sale right now. It's empty. It's been empty for years. <laughs> At this point, Belle is living with her sister and brother-in-law in Chicago. While doing so, though, she had gotten a gotten a job as a domestic servant. And then I guess she didn't like that, so she started working at a butcher shop, like, dismembering the animals. That was her job. And she had worked at this butcher shop until she had gotten married in 1884. Okay. And I'm going to describe her a little bit. So she was described as 5'7 and weighed between 210 pounds to 250 pounds. She's a big girl. And she was also described to have masculine features, like appearance-wise, and she was said to be super strong. Like, later on in the story, she moves, and one of the movers said that they watched her lift a 300-pound piano by herself. Damn. Is anyone else picturing the sister from Encanto? Thank you. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I had the exact same thought. The oldest sister in Encanto. But now I do. That's insane. A piano? A piano. Okay. So the man that she had married, his name was Mads Sorensen. Sorensen. 
I like how Shona picks cases, even though she <laughs> knows that they're going to be, like, impossible to pronounce their names. Well, it's literally spelled that way. S-O-R-E-N-S-O-N. <laughs> I love editing the episodes and getting to parts where Shauna's like, sounding out names. It's fantastic. That's how I was taught to read. <laughs> so, back up. And usually, it, it, if it's followed up with a... Sorry, don't come for me. And then <laughs> because who's coming? <laughs> people, people are mean. <laughs> okay, so Mads was his first name? Yeah, Mads. That's interesting. And it's not short for anything? Uh, nope, just Mads. Okay. That should have been my name. Yeah, because you Mads all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like straight up rage all the time. Uh, <laughs> my name should have been <laughs> Mads or rage, maybe even like patience. That would have just been ironic. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of irony there. Together, they had four children. Luck was not quite on their side, though. First, their candy shop had burned down, which they owned. That was all the information was that their candy shop burned down. Okay. Then their house burned down in 1900. You know, that's not really strange. In the late 1800s to the early 1900s, like 1890 to 1930, like three quarters of the fucking country burned down somehow. Yeah, because I know everything they was weren't like everything was so flammable. Yes, <laughs> everything got burned down, and they it's used insane fucking, fucking chemicals. Strike. They would use the craziest chemicals well, they for still shit. Do. I mean, a lot of things still to this day are soaked in formaldehyde. I know, but like nothing was like diluted, you know what I mean? Like it was just full throttle <laughs> acids. Yeah. <laughs> and chemicals. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like no wonder all their shit caught on fire all the time. One one, one cigarette away from exploding. Yeah. The couple had collected insurance payouts on the candy shop and house. But right around the same time, they had two of their infant children die from acute colitis, which apparently shows the same symptoms as poisoning. Weird. I don't find that very surprising, actually. Yeah, me either. We were just talking about the unbelievably undiluted chemicals that were everywhere (laughs) back then. But they were infants? Yeah, they were infants. Baby babies. And they died from what? Acute colitis. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Colitis is like, it could have got, had bad milk. Like, freaking, how much of babies are they? It just had infant. So, I would assume less than a year old. Yeah, which means they could have gotten bad food, bad milk. Well. Because that pretty much just means your colon is swollen. Right. Inflamed. Well, Belle had also had life insurance on these babies, which she collected. Uh, of course she did. Interesting. It's actually uh, not a terrible idea to carry <laughs> a small... <laughs> God, are you an insurance salesman now? No, I'm just saying it's not uncommon <laughs> and not a bad idea to carry a small insurance policy, basically around $5,000 on your children in case some shit like that happens. You can cover... End of life expenses. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's what's killing me is every time I say "weird" or "that's interesting," you're like, like "Well, actually, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you're well actually me every five seconds." 
Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree with you because <laughs> I have it. I have it on my child, but it took a lot of my soul to actually sign up for it because I was like, it just feels wrong. But now that I know you're supposed to use life insurance while you're alive, don't feel so bad about it. That's a top. Don't get him started. That's a topic <laughs> for a different day. Don't get him started. There were rumors. I knew it would get him all riled up over there. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she had Bobby, life insurance. She had life insurance on these infant children. Yes. I literally just wanted to push your buttons. There are rumors that had been going around from like through the neighbors that Belle had never actually been pregnant and that these two babies weren't even hers because people said she had never even looked pregnant. I mean, yeah, but I mean, she was like she's a bigger girl. She was big. I'm just saying she was a heavier set woman in general. I'm just saying. Do you think she's like stealing babies? That's not fact. That's rumor. And (laughs) no, I meant like facts that people were saying these things, not that it happened. And also, have you met yourself every single time you were pregnant no one knew yeah not a single person could not tell you were pregnant not a single solitary person for the full nine months all I had to do was throw on a hoodie and I was good to go exactly and you had big ass babies well two of them okay so we're, we're on the string of bad luck right Mads had two life insurance policies for one day from canceling one and starting a new one so July 30th, 1990, 1900, my bad. That was the day those two policies had overlapped. So they were both active. Well, that was the day that Mads had died from cerebral hemorrhaging. 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 There you go. Bell had explained this to police by explaining that his, like, explained his death by saying he had come home with a headache and she gave him... Quentin powder? Poison? <laughs> no, it was like a, you know. It was, it was probably cocaine. She handed it to him and said, What you do not smell is called Iocane powder. <laughs> Inconceivable. Um, What did she give him? It, it's spelled Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. I'm telling you. It's Quin- probably... Quinine? Probably had cocaine yeah, in it. something like that. She it's said an anti-parasite. This was the nineteen. This was nineteen hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Alcohol was still medicine at that point. <laughs> I know. Uh, alcohol was a necessity. Yeah, to survive. To survive. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, if you, you got a stomachache, drink, drink, drink some whiskey. You got a headache, drink some whiskey. Yeah, because you ain't gonna feel it. You stopped up, drink some whiskey. They had no choice. Are you kind of drunk? Maybe if you drink some whiskey, you'll oh, sober up. <laughs> it's used to treat malaria. Okay. Did or was at one point. It's been banned. It's since been banned. Basically, she said he had a headache. She gave him the powder, and then she went to go check on him later, and he was dead. Okay, so even if it was unintentional, she killed him. Yeah. He died from the stuff. He but did die from this stuff. He knew what he was taking, so technically... That's what I said. I Whether mean, it was intentional or if not. If you take too much Tylenol... <clears throat> you ain't gonna Which do one it. is it, Bobby? <laughs> you ain't gonna poop. 
Is it that? <laughs> he does this every time. You're going to be severely constipated, yes. Well, it's Advil then? It's ibuprofen. <laughs> ibuprofen? Ibuprofen. Yes. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> that makes you shit your pants. The ibuprofen. <laughs> okay. It's not the Tylenol. <laughs> Tylenol. Okay. Because both policies were active, Bell got to collect both policies, which gave her five thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot and of back money. Then, yeah. If yeah dude, if in nineteen She gave him that medicine for a headache? Yeah, that's what she said. The most common side effect is headache. Is headache. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you a headache. <laughs> Okay, well, sorry. She was all right. We're moving on. She's a terrible doctor. <laughs> she was like, mm, "You probably need a worse headache." Here you go. She used that money to buy a hog farm. I'm gonna call it a hog farm. Okay, pig, I mean, opposed what? to uh, a pig farm. Well, it's a pig farm. I understand that, but I mean, <laughs> hogs. The source, the source where I got my information, it referred to it as a pig farm, and then referred to nothing but hogs afterwards. So I was like, just call it a hog farm. Okay. This farm was on forty-eight acres of land in Laporte, Indiana. Oh, well, that's your problem right there. Of course, it is. It's in Indiana. She didn't have bad luck. She's in Indiana. Well, she wasn't. <laughs> She was in Illinois. Oh, even worse. That's even pretty much the same thing. Worse. <laughs> even worse. I'd pick Indiana. Yeah. Over Illinois? I'd pick Indiana. Same. <laughs> so. <laughs> At least I know where most things are in Indiana. Okay. So, when <sighs> she had moved, she had taken her two daughters, Myrtle and Lucy, and she had also taken her foster daughter, Jeannie Olson. Why are there so many people with shitty names? <laughs> Poor Myrtle. Poor <laughs> moaning Myrtle. Mean? Shitty. That is a fantastic name. I love Myrtle. Yeah, Myrtle's my favorite beach, in the whole story. Not a person. Yes. Myrtle's my favorite character so far in the entire story. <laughs> okay, so we have Belle. I agree with you, Smetha. I like Myrtle. Okay, so we have Belle, Myrtle, Lucy, and Jeannie. Myrtle's like- right up there with Randy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I also like Lucy. No, you get rid of the T, you got a good name. You got Merle. Merle? It's a good name. See, the, I was I was like, I don't understand, because every Merle we've talked about, Bobby's like, damn, that's a good name. <laughs> yeah. But Myrtle. Okay. The tea fucks it up. The next dog we get, we're naming it Myrtle. Everybody that's your agree? Next, that's your next fighter's name, and I am not, I don't care what you call it, <laughs> that's all I'm calling it, is Myrtle. <sighs> Sorry, Bobby. I like it. Myrtle. That would be a cute pug. That would that actually, okay. oh, a smushy face dog name, yes. <laughs> yes. I'll give you that. Or a Shih Tzu named Myrtle. A Pekingese. <laughs> okay. Yep, we're doing it. We're getting a smushy face dog called okay. Myrtle. We got off track. Okay, Shauna, we're in Indiana. Yep. With she Myrtle. brought her daughters and her stepdaughter. Foster daughter. Foster daughter. How, wait, who, wait. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. 
Okay, so somewhere along the way, she's fostering a child. Okay. I am almost positive that this child was one of her relatives. I think it children. was. I think it was. And she took her in. Okay. I like mean, that would make sense. I feel like something. that's how it happened a lot of the time. Yeah, back then. But I would not say for certain that's what happened, but I'm almost positive that's what I'm, happened. Okay. okay. So we have four ladies that moved on to this farm. April 1st, 1902, Bell married a man named Peter Gunson. Gun- Gunnison. Gunnison. No. Gunnis. Gunnis. We'll get there. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, where's the sun? On I've the been end trying. Of that? I've been trying with that last name. It's all the ends. It's too many together. Gunnis. How do you say my kid's name then? Because his name is like mostly ends. It's fine. A week later, after this marriage, Peter's infant daughter had passed away while in Belle's care. Okay, now she's a murderer. Um, three infants. I feel like this this woman is like an angel of death before angels of death were a thing, you know? Like someone gets a little bit ill and they push them over the edge even if they're not really all that close you know what i would say that or she just makes them ill because here you go so yes she makes them ill sort of so this is like a marie hilly style situation uh no by make them ill i just mean kill them she just (laughs) kills them less less arsenic more murder yeah more murder like brutal murder murder so here we go yeah brutal murders brutal murders <laughs> that's what we're gonna call our patreons myrtle myrtle didn't do anything though in this story guys i swear she didn't myrtles okay the myrtles so peter's infant daughter had passed away and then eight months after that Peter had a freak accident and died. Freak accident, yeah. you say? Yeah. I'm sensing a pattern with this lady. <laughs> like a black widow. Belle had told the cops that Peter was trying to get something off the top shelf at their butcher shop when a meat grinder fell and crushed in his skull. Oh, a heavy-ass meat grinder just fell off a shelf and was like, mm. uh, if I was the police, unless that whole motherfucking shelf was falling down like bad wood or something i wouldn't be buying that shit well i didn't know that i this would was say a thing. back then a meat grinder was probably way heavier than it is now and if it crushed his skull in <laughs> i would say so also and we know she can lift 300 pounds yep which i didn't know this was a thing can anybody tell me if this is still a thing <laughs> so at his death the coroner called a coroner's jury yes to that is a thing um actually like it's not a thing anymore it was a thing back then to discuss whether they thought this was like murder or an accident but nothing came of the case oh so what would that be where like other coroners from around the area no it would literally be prominent men in the community would be called to come together and, and they would just discuss they would discuss and it was almost like having a jury but they're the ones that decide if they think it's homicide or an accident interesting okay but this coroner's jury didn't rule either direction 
Yeah, because they were probably on the fence. Bell collected $3,000 in life insurance on Peter. This is when Jeannie started to catch on to Bell. She had apparently went to school and told a classmate, quote, my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Okay. Jeannie disappeared not too long after that. Bell claimed she had, she sent her away to a school in California. From Indiana? Yeah. How old was... And when I say, in some sources that I've heard this story, she, um, neighbors like full-blown question this because they love Jeannie. And how old was Jeannie at the time? She was a teenager. Okay. They said that they loved her, that she was helpful, and they, they started asking questions when she hadn't been around for months. This is when things get a little weird. So... 1905, Bell. You like how we do that to you? Like we tell you a bunch of weird shit, and then we're like, "No, no, this is where it gets weird. (laughs) This is where we're getting weird." Yeah, I just that caught me. I'm just, wait a minute, is it not already fucking weird? (laughs) (laughs) Now that's pretty normal. That's typical. That's typical of the early stuff. Usual stuff. 1900s. (laughs) This is the weird shit. 1800s. I do find this kind of weird because. You know, it's like a hop in the car, buckle up, get your strap on. It's about to get weird. <laughs> I, just, I can't with the strap on. I just can't. 1905, Bell would start putting personal ads, seeking love in newspapers. And I'm talking Chicago, uh, like Do Wisconsin, like all that. Like states. Worth of personal ads. Getting caught in the rain. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to read you one of these personal ads. Soul food. Okay. What did she put out there? How did she put herself out there? Quote, personal, comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana. Desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman, gentleman equally well provided with the view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless Cinder is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not re- apply. She didn't want their letters back. She wanted them to just show up at her damn farm. And she yep. said, don't be trifling. And yeah, they'll be a trifling. Fool. You better have money. Yep. Okay. She don't want no scrubs. Uh-uh. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from her. <laughs> Stop, because you're making me want to sing the rest of the song. I almost <laughs> did. I almost did go hanging out the passenger side of, of his, his best, best friend's, friend's carriage. <laughs> trying to holler at her. Unless he's got that dough. Mm-mm. She don't want that hoe. <laughs> and she don't want to have like some long time <laughs> love affair through love letters that ain't her style no it's just pretty show much, up at so her she, house she's she don't give saying, a shit what you look like she's saying here's my address show up we're gonna get married like, yep. unless i'm gonna have the what the minister waiting at the door for men yeah don't even freaking tell me what happens coming. if you have like a bunch of dudes show up at the same time like Oh, I already married one yesterday. You can stay here and work. Carry on. Until he dies. <laughs> In Maybe a week. Next. Come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Henry 
I'm not. I'm not. Gerholt? Sure. From Wisconsin would be the first man to answer her ad. Henry made it to Bell's farm in Laporte. He wrote a letter to his family asking for seed potatoes and reassuring them he was in good health. Seed potatoes. I don't know. He wanted to gift her potatoes. Like, this is my fortune. Potatoes, which I, back then... I would have probably married him. I'd have been like, you got potato seeds? You got potatoes? <laughs> You're bringing bags and bags of potatoes. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the potatoes. <laughs> After Henry's family hadn't heard from him again, they got in touch with Belle. And she told them Henry left with horse traders to Chicago. That's where he went. Okay, never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Bell did, though, have his fur coat and trunk that he had brought in her house. Then a Minnesota man named John Moe talked with Bell for a little while before going to the farm. Once he was there, he took a large amount of cash from his bank account and vanished, but his trunk remained. Mm. Well, sus. Bell's carpenter that she had hired from time to time, had finally started to notice trunks she had because she had, like, dozens of them. (laughs) She keeps trunks as her serial killer trophies? Yeah, because She probably didn't know what the fuck to do with them. She was like... I would, like, re-put out my ad, like, bring Noble on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what she was doing... I will provide for you. (laughs) All you gotta do is come with your money. Just show up. I've had plenty of dead husbands, so I have lots of clothes in all different sizes. You imagine the guy showing up there with his trunk, and she's like, throw it on the pile. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just, the fuck? Toss toss it out back with the rest of them. She kept she kept their belongings too. It's not like she's just like you know what this is a nice trunk. She just had a wall of trunks. <laughs> she also had fur coats, watches. watches. Yeah, you name it. She had it. Suits. So what I'm wondering if they didn't like just bring cash or like give her cash immediately, would she like sell off their stuff or something, or she just kept it, just hoarding? <laughs> Belonging. I'm assuming that she she was hoarding these things because she didn't want people to catch on to the fact that she had all this men's stuff but no man. Okay. 1906, Belle and a man named Andrew, and I'm definitely not. You want to give that one a go? Hold on. No, I do not. <laughs> okay, now go say that into your mic. <laughs> Helgeline? Helgeline. Okay. Andrew. Helgeline. They started talking because he had come across one of her many of personal ads in the Minneapolis newspaper. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, weird. She's basically has... It's not has, that weird because... She has it, now basically created Craigslist in newspapers. Yeah. Well, yeah, they would just call up the the newspaper, like, in different well, I mean, states, different... Call. She would have to write... She would telegram. paper. <laughs> Yeah, to telegram <laughs> each. Did they have telegram in the early 1900s? Listen, 
Are you listening to how much work that would be to get a freaking she's personal sending, ad in Minneapolis? Uh, she's sending a carrier pigeon <laughs> to various, That's more likely to various newspapers within the state. Wouldn't they have the Pony Express at this point? I sent a letter. That's what telegrams were back then. You're like the telegrams, like she would go to the newspaper in town, I understand. and they would like. I thought you know they would. They would Morse code it. Different newspaper. I don't think that was a thing, was it? I have no idea. I need history facts, so they'll stop. Okay, sorry. Okay, she's she's somehow putting herself out there in other areas. Yes. The two had started talking romantically pretty quickly. They exchanged letters for two years when Belle asked him to move to the farm. That's a long game. I thought she said no letters. I don't know. Maybe Andrew had the most money. Yeah. Okay. The telegram developed in the 1830s and 1840s by Samuel Morse. So he says. Right, Morse code. You know what? I have no idea what I just said, so don't come for me. I'm actually wearing a Morse code bracelet right now that says fuck off, so. Okay, two years. Two years of a relationship through letters, and she's finally like, hey, you want to come to the farm? I think she had been trying to convince him for a while, but he had just decided after two years. January 3rd, 1908 is when Andrew moved to the farm. And then he vanished not long after. Where is she putting them? I'm going to tell you. Is she saving them in the trunks? (laughs) No, I'm going to tell you. That's not a bad guess. That's what I, like, why wouldn't you use the trunks for burial? Yeah, except she has, you know? Yeah. Except. They come with Oh, you mean like literally burying them under the ground with these trunks? Maybe they don't. You kill them, Mm -hmm. put them in the trunk, bury them. They brought their own coffin. I mean, technically, yes, (laughs) they did. But let's not talk about these poor men. I know. It is very unfortunate for these gentlemen. But I'm just like, no, that is not what she's doing. I'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, wait, she's a butcher. I forgot she was a butcher. After, I mean, even if she was a butcher, it would make sense to use the trunk. It'd be a lot easier to put the body inside if it was cut up than it would be whole. True. After Andrew stopped sending his brother, uh, it's A-S-L-E. As, Azel? Azel? Yeah, I would guess Azel. I would okay. go Azel. Okay. So after Azel stopped uh, I like that too. receiving yeah, that's cool. it is a pretty cool name. Letters from his brother. He had actually like done some investigation and he had found that his brother Andrew was talking to Belle. So he got into contact with Belle and asked her a bunch of questions. And when she couldn't answer them, like where his brother was, he asked if he could come to the farm to look. And she's like, yep, go ahead. Yep, come on down. In the letters that Azel had found, Belle was asking Andrew to move to Laporte, bring money, and not to tell anybody that he was coming. So suspicious. She wanted to have a secret love affair. That's exactly right. Before Azel had gotten there, though... April uh, 1908, Bell's farmhouse had burned down. How convenient. Right? In the rubble of the house was Bell's body along with 
uh, her three children. And I'm going to say, I tried to find where the third child came from. Uh, I'm just I trying to figure out did, how many trunks were there when the house burned down. Well, I'm going to tell you it's over over 12. But that's, I will get there. Basically, police stopped counting after the number 12. Azel still went to the farm after he had found out about this fire, though. Because he wanted to find his brother. So he was, like, walking around when he had come to one of the hog pens and noticed that there were soft depressions in the dirt. Oh, fuck. I forgot it was a hog farm. She's butchering them and feeding them to the pigs. You would, you know what? You would think that. Nope. We're wrong every time. That's not what she was doing. What she was doing was basically after she would kill them, she would dismember their bodies, put them in burlap sacks, and then at night carry them out to the pig pens and bury them. In the pig pens. In the pig pens. Instead of just... I said the same thing right away. Letting the pigs eat them? She was burying them? That's her source of income. You're not going to feed it... You could feed it to one specific pig, and it would be fine. Yeah, no. What about that? those Canadian guys? Bobby, that <laughs> does not. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. And it was one guy. And you're talking about Willie Picton. And people didn't know he was feeding. Can I request that case from you? A lot of people have requested that case. <laughs> I will do it at some point, but I need mentally to be prepared because it's disgusting it is pretty fucking gross well we're about to get a little gross so azel had dug up one of the soft depressions and pulled out a burlap sap sack (laughs) (laughs) burlap sap burlap sap if you want to get technical about it the guy probably was a sap before he went okay so he pulled out a burlap sack and found Two hands, two feet, and a head that belonged to Andrew. So he just oh, like, he, he like luckily magically dug up the no, right they, one. No, they they were police. Azel and police were digging up these depressions. It's that Placed is crazy together. though that he found like the one he dug up was his brother. Yeah, I know. And wouldn't you be? That I'd would be vomiting. Yeah. Because I don't know how I would. Yeah, his brother hadn't. His brother hadn't been dead long enough for him to decompose. Well, no, he was the last one that she got to come to the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to tell how you would react. Yeah, I know. Seeing something like that, it would be crazy though. That'd be intense. So, like I said, the police were also digging up these depressions, and they were finding bones. They were finding uh, torsos and hands in just burlap sacks, arms hacked from the shoulder down, massive, like, massive human bones wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly when they picked it up. And, like I said, after they had unburied about 12, they just said fuck it and stopped counting because they could only identify so many of them. And by so many, I mean like four. Andrew being one of them. Because they were decomposed. Jeannie being another. Oh. Yeah, she killed her for running her mouth. But think about this. Think about it. He call like inquires about his brother. She's like, oh yeah, sure, you can come here. 
and then magically her house burns down with her children inside and, and her in it yeah it is very odd especially so she didn't since just kill andrew's her, body was she didn't just kill her niece or whoever she was to her so we all know the motive right Money, Money, belongings, anything they could, she could get out of these men. And yes, she dismembered every single one that came to the farm. And they were buried somewhere on the property, most of them under that pig pit, which was also covered in trash. They had literally, like, laid trash down on top of this. Most of the graves. So, November 1908, a hired hand handyman named Ray Lemphere was arrested and convicted of arson of Bell Gunness's house. While Ray was a hand while Ray was in custody, he had confessed he and Bell were lovers, but like on again, off again. He had told them she was placing ads to rob and murder men. He also sell- said Bell asked him to burn the house down and kill her children. And that she had asked him to find a previously murdered victim to put into the house to be her. Because when she was discovered, when they did the autopsy, the body that was supposed to be Belle was three inches too short and about 100 pounds too light. I thought that she was missing her head and she was decapitated. That is correct. So they couldn't identify her by her face because right. her head was missing. So well, how do you expect that to work? This, they how, say how they were murdered and then the perpetrator burnt the house down? Yeah. Jeez. So he basically said that she faked her own death and that she was still alive at this point and that the only reason she had done that was because Azel had every intention on coming to find his brother, and she knew he was going to find his brother. Ray said that it was her idea he had just helped execute the plan. So when he was arrested, he was wearing two different men's, like their personal belongings. One was a fur coat which had belonged to John and a watch of Henry's. He had apparently put, like later on, had put a second confession out. But it told a much different story. The second confession went like, quote, He killed Miss Gunnison, Gunness, Miss Gunness, and children with an axe, sprinkled their bodies with kerosene, set fire to them and the house, and that he had killed them because of two reasons. He was jealous and sick of helping her bury the bodies. So his first confession is... That's not really her. And his second confession is, oh, yeah, that's her. I killed her and her kid. And that's where I leave you is with. Yeah, because no one knows. No one knows whether it was her or not. And she was never found like they never (laughs) hunted her down. Here's the thing. And I will blow your mind with this. They actually saved as much DNA of hers as possible and had tested it with a lot of different people. Over the years, a lot of different people. So he just went to jail for the yeah, crime? He, and... was, he was just most likely executed. It never did say, though. 
I could see him being executed for any of that. That's bananas. So he was her last victim. Yeah, pretty much. Because, well, a lot of people say it was like a whole blackmail situation. When he learned, like, the trunks were piling up and she was getting all this money, he was like, either cut me in or I'm going to... And by, rat you out kind and, of a deal. And by helping bury the dead bodies, basically she would have her her um, hired hands dig tre- the trenches. Yeah, without them knowing what they were digging for. Yeah. Like she would just have them dig holes as part of their job. That's insane. So that... Mm. So she is actually considered to be an American serial killer. Yeah. Bonkers. That was either... Burned or she was either well disappeared. Really. She was burned out. The body was burned after the fact. But the big thing is, no one knew if that wasn't her, then who was it? And the rumor was that he undug a body from a cemetery. Yeah, like was it was say. already someone that was dead, and there was no like grave robbing happening in the area that like they didn't find one no mm-hmm. i'm sure at the time they didn't even freaking think of that it's insane and if you just pick someone who died recently enough that their the ground was still soft yeah you would have never noticed all right well if you enjoyed today's episode let us know give us a five-star review share us with your friends your family whoever leave a, a comment don't forget to check out the patreon for bonus episodes so you don't miss out on that and uh, if you have a case you want to hear, send it to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. Does anyone have anything else they want to add in? Any final thoughts? Uh, the last confession couldn't have entirely been true because it never, it never ever stated that the, the children had any type of axe wounds. They weren't decapitated. No, I was going to say, fell. that bitch ran. She was out Just, there somewhere oh, for a yeah, long time. Oh, yeah, she ran. She fucking ran. She probably went back to Norway. Who knows? She might have. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.